once upon a time, in a world with faith and fairness, there was something hidden. Down the boundary! He's gonna go! Pitch on the way for Mikulacic. Swing and a miss! Mikulacic gets the strikeout! And for the first time in school history, the Bearcats are going to the Super Regionals! Get ready for a next level show. Hello and welcome to Chasing the Cup. I'm your host, Jason Barfield. We're talking football today. Just had National Signing Day. We're going to have Casey Keeler talking about this year's class, a full class signing in December this year. First time they've done that. Talk to him a little bit about what went into that. Also, we're going to talk to Clayton Barnes, football ops, and a guy who was brought in by Keeler to specifically help with the recruiting process and talk to Clayton about what it took putting this class together as well as how he got into the business of evaluating high school football talent. All of that coming up next here on Chasing the Cup. Hey, Bearcats. Take your membership on the go by downloading the Sam Houston State University Alumni Cat app today. Not a member yet? Join the Sam Houston Alumni Association or renew in seconds to enjoy exclusive national benefits on dining, entertainment, and much more. Now that you're in... Take some time to explore your exclusive member benefits, read the latest edition of Heritage Magazine, or find an alumni event near you. Click on our travel tile to sign up and explore the globe with our traveling Bearcats, or stay connected to alumni in your area as you take your membership everywhere. Come hang out with the Alumni Association as we tailgate some of the biggest games of the year by showing your alumni member card that is now in the palm of your hand. Download the SHSU Alumni Cat app today in the iTunes or Google Play Store or visit shsu.edu slash cat app. Eat them up, cats. Welcome back to Chasing the Cup. National Signing Day just passed. The Bearcats brought in 18 new players to the program, including 16 freshmen out of high school. Casey Keeler met with the media this week to talk about the class, and we're going to take excerpts of that and put it together for you here on Chasing the Cup. Yeah, we're really excited about the class. Um, I think that, you know, we, we had some challenges going into this thing because you, you couldn't bring players on campus, you couldn't go into high schools, you couldn't go watch games. Um, and so all of a sudden we became the recruiting of Zoom. Uh, and, and I thought we did a phenomenal job. I think some of the uh, organization and reorganization we did in the offseason with our support staff was, was a major help for us. Uh, we brought in Clayton Barnes as our recruiting coordinator and operations director. And then we also brought back a, a Sam Houston great, uh, Reagan Henderson, who is equipment and operations and really takes a lot of the operations off of Clayton so Clayton can really focus on um, recruiting 24-7. I thought because of that, we were really organized. I thought because of that, we really had a, a pretty good feel of the great talent that, not that's always in the state of Texas, but in, in particular this year for our level, I thought was really unique. And um, there's a lot of really good football players. And unfortunately, there's a lot of guys that we weren't able to sign because of uh, you know just the fact that you have limits. But there was a, it was a great group out there for our level. Um, you know, going into it, you know, we, we wanted to... Uh, hit some marks in terms of, of positions. 
Uh, we wanted to get a quarterback. We found one. We wanted to get some running backs that had some versatility. We did that. Uh, we got a great pass-catching tight end who, uh, who we think can be a really dynamic force down the middle of the field. Got some offensive linemen that fit our needs. We wanted some physical guys inside. We wanted a longer guy outside that, that could be a, a guy that could play left tackle. Um, you know, we, we took care of the wide receiver position with two really high-level wide receivers. So when we, get, when we graduate some of our guys coming up here in the next couple of years, we feel we can fit some guys right in there. Got a long snapper, which we thought was a major need for us. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we graduate, you know, three or four of the best defensive linemen maybe we've ever had in one group coming up here in a year from now. And we thought it was really important that we took care of that and we feel really good about the defensive line. Didn't sign a linebacker this year uh, because um, we signed four last year and didn't feel that that was a need spot for us. Um, but we, fought, we signed four guys in the back end in the secondary. Uh, some really versatile guys that can play corner and safety. Because if you look at you know a year from now, we'll lose three three of the great defensive backs in the history of this this school with uh, Zion and Tristan McCollum, and with uh, um, Jalen Jalen Thomas. So with those three three guys being gone, you felt you really needed to kind of bring in some some guys that in a year from now we feel can feel really good about. Um, you know. I think there's some great challenges with, with the recruiting process, but I think the fact that us building a new facility and we could get that facility out there, I want to thank the administration for doing that because it made such a big difference. Guys were so impressed with what's going to be one of the best FCS facilities in the country, um, and we were able to get that out there in, in our Zoom chats. Um, the university is um, doing a lot of wonderful things with new facilities. We could do that also in those Zoom chats. So I think we found a way to take Zoom and make it a positive, not a negative. And uh, again, I want to just congratulate the staff because there were a lot of challenges with not getting into high schools and not getting to games and not getting in the living rooms. Uh, but at the same time, we wanted to make sure we knew this class and we, we, we got a chance to know this class and got a feel for who these people were. Um, and I thought we did, even, even though we had to use Zoom. Um, last thing I'll say is that, you know, we always try to look for great character guys. You know, we had 14 guys who were, who were captains. But also on top of that, this academically probably is the best class since I've been here and one of the best classes I've ever brought in. number of guys had uh, Ivy League opportunities, and we were able to keep them here in the state of Texas. Historically, you haven't signed a big class like this in December. What went into bringing in 18 new players for the December signing class? Yeah, you know, interesting. Last year at this time we signed four. Now we have the, uh, pretty much the entire class is committed right now. And I think there's a couple things. The first, I think the first thing was I think a lot of the Texas kids realized leaving Texas was not a great option with, with what was going on with the pandemic, with a lot of racial injustice uh, things that had happened early in the year. Uh, I think a lot of families were, you know what, let's see if we can keep you a little closer to home. Also think that our brand keeps on growing. Uh, you know, the amount of money that we've put into this campus the last 10 years is mind-boggling. When you look at the engineering building, you look at the biology building, you look at the new art building, you look at the new academic uh, enhancement center for our athletes, uh, the $15 million we're putting into our complex. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that has helped a lot also. Um, you know, kids are looking for some bells and whistles. 
we, we have those bells and whistles. So I think uh, there's a lot of factors that went into it, but uh, we, we saw very early on kids wanted to make their decisions, and I think we did a good job of presenting all the material why Sam Houston is a great fit. All right, we're going to go one by one now and let Coach Keeler kind of give us a little bit of insight into each one of the guys in this year's signing class, starting with Zach Herbacek, a five foot eight, hundred and seventy pound running back out of Troy High School. Yeah, Zach is a, is a home run guy. Every time he touches the ball, you feel that there's a chance that he he can get you six points. Uh, very versatile athlete, um, you know, guy that you know can catch a ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, he's the second leading rusher in the history of Central Texas football. Would have been the leading rusher except for a concussion late in the season. But uh, he's a guy that we got early and. Uh, you know, we knew that a lot of Division One schools would come in on him, and he held his commitment, and we're really excited about having him. Now, the other running back that was part of this class, Weston Stevens, a 5'11", 185-pound running back out of Austin, played at Lake Travis High School. Yeah, Weston Stevens, Lake Travis, great program, great tradition. He's the second most rushing touchdowns in the history of their program. Here's a guy who's a big physical guy who can block, who can run, who catch the ball in the backfield, who can play on special teams. You know, we just saw a real versatile athlete that we were able to take and really make an impact on our program. The first of two wide receivers in this class is a 5'10", 160-pound receiver out of Rockdale, played for really a power program there, the Rockdale Tigers. Yeah, Keyshawn, if you, if you look at, at the offers Keyshawn had, you know, Arkansas and some of those, those Louisiana schools early on, um, we think we're getting a really dynamic kid who can play the slot, but also can bump out. And so he gives you a lot of versatility there. Love to see him as an opportunity for, as a returner, you know, kick returns and those kind of things. Uh, but again, a guy that, you know, had some major Division One offers, decided to stay a little bit closer to home. And the other receiver that's part of this class is Michael Murray, six foot two, 200 pounds, and he comes out of Limpasas. Yeah, Michael's a, an outside guy. Um, you know, six foot one, six foot two, uh, physical, um, you know, Tulsa, Tulane, New Mexico, those kind of schools we are fighting, uh, fighting off. And, uh, you know, felt if we could get those two receivers, we, we did a really good job in rebuilding the receiving core, which in a couple of years is going to graduate a bunch of guys. Part of this group, one other pass catcher, Marcus Collins, a tight end, Good size, six foot three, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, out of Magnolia. He played his high school ball at Magnolia West. Yeah, Marcus is a guy that we were surprised, you know, fell to us in terms of, you know, he had Arizona real early. We did a good job hanging in there with him. Um, he fell in love with us. We think this is a guy who can get down the middle of the field, can be a great passing threat. Uh, he will develop into a run blocker as time goes on. He's, his body's just changing right now. But uh, again, I mean, what an athletic young man who uh, early on we were fighting Arizona with and we were able to keep him in the state of Texas. Three offensive linemen a part of this signing class, including C.J. Marsh out of Katy, six foot four, 285 pounds, also has some family connection to Sam Houston. Yeah, Keith Willis is C.J.'s uh, stepfather, who's a great uh, wide receiver here. And so you had a family connection, uh, great program like Katy. Uh, the thing we liked about him was, you know, Katie's a real physical offense, and so those kids have to be tough. At the same time, his athleticism is going to lend us to being able to play that tackle position. You know, he's long. Um, you know, he's going to grow into that position. So we loved the, the program he came from, 
and we love the skill set that he has that he can play in our offense. Second offensive lineman, Ryder Wall, six foot four, two hundred and seventy-five pounds, kind of a versatile guy. He comes out of Richmond, played his high school ball at Fort Ben Travis. Yeah, Ryder's one of those guys who can play all five spots. Um, he's a really more of an interior guy we see in the future. A guy that can also snap and play the two guard spots, which is so valuable for you. You cannot find enough good football players that can snap the football. Uh, again, we just love his physicality, and uh, we think he's a really good match for what we want to do in terms of uh, in terms of that interior offensive line. The final offensive lineman to join this class is Ethan Hagler, six foot two, two hundred ninety pounds. He's out of Barbers Hill High School, played junior college ball at Blinn College. But he's got a little bit interesting perspective, not a normal JUCO guy that you're bringing in because he still has quite a bit of eligibility left. Yeah, Ethan's a junior college player. We, we recruited him last year out of Blinn, um, decided to stay at Blinn. Blinn does a great job. Uh, it's one of the, the, the great junior college programs in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, with them having a spring season, he decided that his best option was to come out now, can play this, this spring. Uh, so you actually get him for four years. You get him this year and the next three with a red shirt. So we saw him as a, almost taking a freshman, but a, a guy who's physical enough and mature enough. And also it's a year of college football under his belt, was a junior college All-American. You know, we think, you know, we're trying to put our best five on the field. He's a chance to come in right away and be part of that best five. The only quarterback who's part of this class, Keegan Shoemaker, six foot three, 190 pounds. He played his high school ball at Prosper. But he went to Lafayette to play college, played a freshman year in the Patriot League for Lafayette. In fact, was named Patriot League Freshman of the Year. Yeah, Keegan was uh, an interesting opportunity uh, that um, a young man, that a Texas kid who, who went to Lafayette, which is about 45 minutes from where I grew up, and um, got on the field as in the second game of the season and, and was a starter the rest of the year, was the freshman, uh, all, was a hero freshman All-American, uh, was the freshman of the year in their conference. Um, so here's a guy that has proven it on the field that, that he can be productive at the college level. What happened to us last year with losing three quarterbacks, we're very conscious of the fact that we want to make sure that we always have three, hopefully four guys that are ready to play. And he's a guy that might have an opportunity this year. Um, we're not sure about a waiver that has to be filed. Uh, but uh, definitely, you know, we have him for three after that. And again, uh, a really good football player that uh, fits a need in terms of what we want to do at the quarterback position. The only specialist in the group that signed this year is Zach Stricker. He is a long snapper out of Capel. We, we, we just got done graduating a four-year starter at long snapper and you know felt that that was a position that we really wanted to uh, attack. We got our guy real early. Uh, Zach is really athletic, plays safety, um, and is a legitimate athlete. You know, when you see him work out, you know, you see him – you know, vertical jump and, and doing um, agility drills. I mean, he is a, a guy who probably could play uh, as a safety at our level. But, uh, again, I think we're going to get a, a long snapper that also is going to be able to do a great job in coverage downfield, and that's just an extra bonus for us. On the defensive side of the ball, the Bearcats bring in four defensive linemen, starting with John Mathis, six foot two, 270 pounds. He's out of Dallas, played at Red Oak High School. Yeah, John is a, a true nose, um, physical, uh, was a guy that, um, you know, with, with what's coming up with our defensive line in the future, the fact that we graduate 
you know, three or four of the best that we've ever had at one time. We felt this was a, a freshman class that we really had to, to um, feel that we have guys in a year from now, you know, can be ready to play. So the great thing about what our defensive line looks like is it looks like we can redshirt most of the guys we've coming in. And then there's a chance we're going to have, you know, four guys that for four years can be pretty, pretty impressive. And, and John is a guy that, you know, he's going he's gonna to be a really good football player, and he's a guy we see as an interior guy. First of two guys on the defensive line from the Houston area, Aleph Taylor High School, Mays, Washington, six foot two, 260 pounds. Yeah, Mays is really disruptive, uh, another interior guy. Um, again, you know, same, same kind of mindset when we're looking at these guys. Some of these guys are going to be able to play early for us, but in an ideal world, it'd be great to get those guys red shirts. One of the things that we talked about was the ability to red shirt P.J. Hall allowed P.J. to have that really phenomenal senior year. Uh, we think the same thing with these guys. There's a chance we're going to be able to red shirt all four of these guys, and if we can do that, I think that's going to be a huge bonus down the road. We'll have these guys for four years uh, at, at Sam Houston. Another Houston area guy coming in on the defensive line, Cameron Plummer, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds, played at Ridge Point High School. Yeah, Cameron is a, a really exceptional athlete. Um, we evaluated him as an offensive player first, as a, a very kind of lean offensive lineman. They made the move later on this year to put him as a pass rusher. I think he's a power five player. Um, I think he's a guy that, um, you know, is going to mature and grow. But his skill set at almost six foot six and about 230 pounds and what we can do for him in our weight room and his athleticism and his toughness, um, I think, you know, could be one of the steals in all of FCS football. This kid's a special talent that you can't find enough pass rushers. This is a guy who can rush the passer. The final defensive lineman in this group of four coming in is Cameron Washington, six foot two, 265 pounds. He's out of Arlington, played his high school football at Mansfield Summit, and uh, he's a guy that could come in and play right away. Yeah, Cameron's a great player now, and Cameron's of, of the four, maybe Cameron's that guy who does come in and finds a way to get on the field early next year because you know he's just a real dominant player. He reminds you of a P.J. Hall. Uh, got that really quick twitch, uh, comes off the ball really well. Um, again, a guy who could play at a higher level than Sam Houston. Almost all these guys had Division One offers, but I think what happens is they realize bigger is not better, better is better. And we have a great product to sell, and you know we're really excited to get Cameron here. The other half of the defensive signing group are all defensive backs, and first we'll talk about is David Fisher, six foot, one hundred and seventy pounds. He's out of Pearland, played at Dawson High School. Yeah, uh, quick feet, great hips. Um, you know, came to our camp and ran a four three six. That will always, you know, excite you. Um, had a great high school career. We see him as a corner. And again, you know, with what we're losing in the future, he's the kind of guy that we think, you know, four years from now, if we can get him a red shirt, um, you know, he's a guy who could be a four-year starter just like the Twins and Jalen. Next in the class from the secondary is Iman Allen, a five foot nine, one hundred and sixty-five pound corner out of Austin, played at Vista Ridge High School. Yeah, Iman is a you know was a great two-way player. Um, really loved his tape. Uh, loved uh, sitting on the Zoom call with him. Uh, you know, just has some personality to him. And uh, again, we, a guy we see is playing corner for us. 
uh, but is physical enough that if we had to you know get him in there and play him at nickel, he could also play nickel. 17 players in this class from the state of Texas, just one outside the state, and that's Christian Williams, a DB out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, played at Parkview Baptist. Yeah, the only, only player we took that was outside the state of Texas um, was on our campus uh, before the dead period last year, a uh, real versatile athlete. Uh, we could see him playing all five spots in the secondary. I think that was one of the real lures was that, you know, you rarely can find a guy that you can play at corner, safety, and also the buck, which is a nickel for us. And here's a guy that can play all five spots. And again, in our class, he's the only one from out of state. And the final player in the group, Kavion Gaither, a 5'11", 185-pound DB out of Waco, played at Connolly High School. Yeah, Kavion special. I mean, you know, had Colorado, Colorado State, those kind of places coming out. Two-way player, uh, play some quarterback. Love when we can get a defensive back that's also played quarterback because it just shows that they understand the game at a very high level. He's a very versatile athlete. I think he'll end up playing safety for us, but again, a guy that probably could go down and play nickel too. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Clayton Barnes, football operations, who really helped put this whole class together. We'll talk to him a little bit about the process and the challenges of recruiting during this COVID shutdown. Bearcat fans, the new athletic logos have been released. Now is the time to update all of your old stuff. Head to BearcatGear.com and shop for the latest in apparel, hats, drinkware, accessories, and more. Also, check out the Under Armour section and wear what the cats will be wearing this year. You can get it all today at BearcatGear.com. And welcome back to Chasing the Cup. Jason Barfield here, and I'm now joined by Clayton Barnes, the Sam Houston football Director of Football Operations and Player Personnel. Did I get that right? Yes, yes. All right. It's a well, long, the long one. Well, Clayton, thank you for joining us. Uh, National Signing Day has just passed, and uh, so obviously this is a big day for you. Um, one of the things that uh, we heard Coach Keeler talking about was, you know, the the part that you played in this. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot goes into the recruiting and, and putting everything together for signing day. So just kind of talk to me about what, what your involvement was in this signing class and and really the whole recruiting process. Yeah, so kind of like what Coach Q had talked about, um, one of the main reasons that I'm here is to, uh, you know, help us get the best prospects in the state of Texas. You know, as, as we all know, the state of Texas is second to none when it comes to football talent, high school football. And so, you know, with the location that we have, we got a lot of players in our you know, surrounding area that we want to make sure we keep in state. You know, we don't want those kids going to, you know, a MAC school or, you know, an FCS school out of, uh, out of state especially. Um, so one of the things that I came in to do was I want to make sure we know every kid in the state of Texas. Um, you know, there's no kid that goes FCS um, outside of state that we didn't know about. You know, we don't lose in-conference battles. So that's kind of what we set out to do. Um, with this year, it's really unique uh, with COVID being you're near a dead period the whole year. Uh, we were able to have two junior days prior to the dead period started, so we got some kids on campus. But for the most part, all these kids were recruiting sight unseen. Um, and so that was one of the challenges, so we kind of had to, you know, adapt. So, you know, we go through the spring, um, we evaluate off junior tape, we, you know, we find the guys, build the boards, um, you know, get academic evals, and then we start, you know, throwing offers out spring and summer. And we say, okay, you know, we'll see how these guys play out. You know, the recruiting process picks up for some, they pick up FBS offers, Power 5, whatever it may be. You know, so once you kind of whittle it down, like these are guys that we're really keen in on 
okay, how do we go get them? How do we educate them about Sam Houston State? How do we get them to be Bearcats? What do we need to do? And so kind of in the summer we started, you know, going through Zoom calls. And so we get position coach, uh, side of ball, get some support staff. I, you know, I had a lot of great help from uh, Mike Reed, our academic coordinator, Parker Susanna Whiteman with strength conditioning and nutrition, bringing the people around them, like getting some face-to-face on Zoom calls with these kids and the families, help build relationships that you would normally get on an official visit or in junior day. We got to do that. We just had to do it through Zoom. And so um, one of the things I did is I put together a long presentation, about 40 slides, and it was an overview of everything, you know, the, the city, the school, um, our football program, our coaching staff, uh, the history, the new facilities we're putting in place. So trying to just educate them across the board about things they would normally get on official visits. So uh, by doing that, building relationships, giving them information, I think that helped us, you know, get a lot of kids earlier on and help kids feel comfortable with the decision going into the fall. And so, you know, luckily we were able to sign the majority of our class here in December, which is not what's been done in the past. And, you know, I think – when you're recruiting at a Division One level, that's how you need to do it. Go get your guys, get them locked down in December, because, you know, once you get past December and February, you know, you kind of got whatever's left from everybody else. Okay, it's kind of all bets are off at that point. Exactly. You never know who might jump in to try to take a kid. Exactly. You might have, you know, Arizona come in trying to take in a kid late because they, they missed the guy that thought they had. Now you're battling a power five school for a kid that, you know, you thought was in the boat with you. So get your guys, lock them down, and, you know, you know be comfortable after December. All right, we'll get in a little bit more into this class and what went into bringing these guys in a little bit. But I want to talk about kind of your story and uh, what brought you to Sam Houston um previously you were at georgia southern doing the same thing georgia southern basically you were at texas state before that but when you were in college you were at texas a&m and you're a mechanical engineering major how do you end up evaluating high school talent well it's kind of a funny story so um you know there were there was a night uh it's about 2 a.m i got an engineering project due the next day and you know, I haven't done it yet, and, you know, what am I doing? I'm sitting there watching, you know, high school recruiting tape and watching Speed and Oil, his recruiting film out of New Orleans, trying to build my, you know, Texas A&M recruits big board, you know. I find myself doing that at 2 a.m. when I need to have, need to have other work done. So it kind of was a, an aha moment that, you know, if you're going to put the work in on something, do it towards something you love. And so I made the switch to sport management. Uh, that's what I graduated my degree with. And then my final semester of school at A&M was the fall of 2015, and I actually interned here at Sam Houston State. So I was here for that semifinal team, uh, worked with Coach Longo on the offense. So, you know, it was a great run. It was a great experience at Sam Houston State. And then I graduated from AM that December. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to come back to Sam, and I, then I'm an opportunity to, to go to Tech State. So I went there for three years, um, did a lot of work off the field with player development, recruiting, a lot of different areas. And then after the coaching change, I found myself on the other side of the country, over in Georgia, um, working for another Sun Belt team. We had a good year, went to a bowl game last year. Um, and then, you know, I, I was pretty happy where I was at, you know, thought, you know, I kind of gotten used to it. It was weird being halfway across the, across the country, but, um, you know, I saw that this job came open and I reached out to coach Keeler and told him like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I've got some experience behind this. this is something I'd be interested in doing. And for me, it's come back home because, you know, Montgomery, Texas, that's, that's my hometown. Uh, my mom went to school here at Sam. So I got a lot of ties. I've been here before. It seemed like the perfect opportunity. And, you know, I was blessed to, to interview and, and get a chance to do this and, you know, it was really exciting for me to come back, and this is kind of my first opportunity to really put my hands really on a recruiting class, and I'd always envisioned that I could help build something special, and I think we finally accomplished that this year. Okay, so I want to know how this conversation went with mom. When uh, you're at Texas A&M, mechanical engineering, you know, big-time program, and, uh, and you say, hey, mom, I think I want to evaluate high school football talent from now on. Yeah, it was a little awkward at first, um, but I think she knew that, this is where my passion was. You know, I'd, 
I kind of got my feet wet with it in high school. Um, I started coaching seven on seven at Montgomery High School, and you know, I, I could tell that I was enjoying that a lot. And I think she could tell that you know, it just, I clearly didn't have any passion behind it. You know, I was I was way more talented as an athlete than an athlete, so that's why I found myself in engineering school. But once I got there, I realized this is just not for me. You know, I could do it, but I just didn't have any desire to do it. So, you know, I, I want to do something that I was passionate about. So you talk about that path that you want to take, and uh, what was that next step then for you? I mean, how how did you say I want to take this passion that I have? And I want to work in college athletics and do that. How how have you managed to kind of forge that path to where you are right now? So for me, um, so while I was at school at A&M, those were the Johnny years. So everybody wanted to work for A&M football. And I tried. I, I tried to send emails, tried to see if I could be equipment managers or something. And you had to be somebody or know somebody. And I, did, I wasn't a nobody, so I didn't get that shot. Um, so I was actually taking a coaching class on campus, and our teacher uh, was a high school referee or was a uh, little league referee for the defense coordinator at A&M Solid High School's um, son's team. And so he said, hey, you know, if you, I know you're coaching a, a, a coaching class. If you got anybody who wants to come get experience, come on out. So I went to A&M Consolidated. I started as a volunteer coach there. Did that for two and a half years until I uh, my last semester at A&M and I got to come here. So my roots are in the high school are in the high school ranks, you know, kind of doing a little bit of everything, coaching, equipment room, film room. I kind of had to do a little bit of everything there. So that was kind of how I got started. And then Sam Houston State was my first opportunity to get my first taste of college football. And it's just been on an upward portion there. So after coming over from Georgia Southern and you're now given a chance to really build a team and, and be a big process of, of the recruiting and the evaluation and setting that up, you got a chance to see last year's recruiting class kind of put together. You came in kind of late in the game. I know you're making mental notes at that point. Kind of what was – what was your thoughts on the process and how they were doing it and how quickly were you able to kind of start implementing some of your own ideas? Well, the first thing that kind of came to mind was, you know, I was, I looked at what we signed in December and I was like, well, you know, we got good players, but we can do better. You know, we can do more. You know, we, I think we can hit our marks in December rather than trying to wait till February because, like I said, I think the vultures come in for FCS programs come February and you're fighting off schools that you should have no business fighting at that point. So, you know, I said, right, let's get the process started early. Let's start evaluating in spring. Let's get offers out in the summer. And by the time December rolls around, we have our guys. So that was the number one thing. Let's let's speed the process up, and let's also be a lot more thorough and make sure we're getting all our marks. Let's let's analyze what schools are getting guys in the state and make sure we're locking those schools out. Like, let's make sure we're not letting anyone slip through the cracks. How receptive was this coaching staff to you coming in? I mean, you're a person who didn't have the traditional route in college football. You know, you 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 went a different path. And, and here you come in and you start kind of putting out a philosophy. How receptive was the staff to some of your ideas? From the very beginning, I'd probably say it was a mixed bag, to be honest. I mean, you got some guys that are, that are eager and we're ready to, you know, get that extra help and let, you know, let's go with this. They have experience with that in the past at other schools. Other ones that, you know, I didn't have a prior relationship with from my time here in the past or mutual connections, it was kind of a feeling out process. You know, well, what's this guy about? You know, what's this guy like? Does he really know what he's talking about? But I think we've quickly established a rapport that everyone knew that I was trying to get us in the right path. I was trying to push us in the right direction. So, you know, very quickly, especially with, you know, the pandemic going on, we're working remotely, we're working from home. We had to be organized. We had to work on Google spreadsheets and get on FaceTime calls and Zoom calls, make sure we're all on the same page. You know, using our ARM system, I, I have an evaluation pipeline system where everybody's putting in their evals for area coach, position coach, coordinator, and head coach. We having a streamline streamline process really kind of brought it all together, and I think we all got forged in the same path pretty quickly. I would say, in a sense, it almost feels like 
the pandemic and, and, and kind of shutting things down on campus and not being able to have the traditional recruiting process almost played into your hands and kind of played into some of your strengths. Exactly. I think that, you know, a situation like this, you can go one or two ways. Either you let it you let it hurt you or you take advantage and make it a plus for you. You know, it's it can only go one way or the other. You can't just stay steady. You gotta react one way or another. So I think we're we're a team that capitalized on it in the situation. Always it's an awful situation for everybody, but you can make the most of what you got. And I think we did a great job of that. I say because it's a situation where maybe some coaches who have done things a certain way their whole coaching career and may have been less likely to adapt, were then now forced into a different situation and kind of opened some things up for them that they may not have necessarily thought about doing in the past. Exactly. And, and, and there's some things that you know we learned are good tools not to get rid of. Like, I want to continue to do Zoom calls with families in the future. Like, that's just another face-to-face interaction you would not normally get. You know, use that to your advantage. Continue to, you know, be able to give them information digitally because that's how kids learn these days. That's how people get informed is digitally. So if we advance ourselves from a digital standpoint, from marketing ourselves, from, you know, what we do graphics-wise, we get the the new recruiting account that I think has been a great addition to our rep tour. So that's another way to reach people in different ways and kind of be hip to the young generation and show them things that they like and the style that they want to see them. So using those things going forward are going to be a a definite advantage for us. Well, let's talk, Ben, about this class and just kind of – you know, when you look at it, just kind of what are some of the things that really stand out to you when you see this group of guys that were brought in this year? I think the biggest thing is that we hit our marks. You know, we you know, we wanted to get a good young Corvo lineman for the future. We got that. You know, we got we need to get more dynamic young guys in the backfield, guys that can run the ball, guys that can catch the ball, guys that can, you know, help you in all three phases. We got guys like that. Um, you know, we've got we've had a long line of history at receiver here and, you know, we got some older guys. We gotta have guys and, you know, in the chamber for when our older guys graduate. And so we got a guy that can play outside, that's a physical presence, and we got a guy that's dynamic in the slot. Um, Quarterback-wise, we got a kid that's productive from the FCS who's coming back home to Texas. You know, we needed that kind of bridge that gap between, you know, Eric Schmidt and Trapper because Trapper's still a young guy, and we think he's got a great future. But that kind of takes some of the pressure off him to be ready, you know, within a year. So we can kind of bridge that gap and have a guy that can come in and compete and, you know, add depth to us. Um, you know, defensively, we, we loaded up on the D-line and DB. We got a really good senior class on the team right now. We got to have guys in the in the chamber developing, and so that's what we went and got as young guys. So, from your standpoint now, you know this this class is in the books. Are you already on to the next group? I think we're going to get started on twenty twenty two pretty quickly. Um, the next thing I want to do though is make sure we do a really good job with preferred walk ons. You know, prefer as someone that's had to work with scout teams like all but one year of my entire career. I understand the importance of the scout, the scout team and the walk-ons in your program. Those are the guys that build depth, help you on special teams. So I want to do a great job of getting really good for walk-ons, guys that will come here, that will add to the depth, add to the competition. So that's kind of our next phase is to see who didn't sign, who's still out there, and who can we, who can we get to come here and come in and compete as a walk-on. I was say, because that was one of the things Coach Keeler talked about, you know, this is, this is pretty much the class. I mean, a big group here, not going to be looking to add a lot, but – there are a couple spots there. You know, there is some areas where y'all may need have a chance to pluck somebody. How much are you watching at this point? You know what these other guys are doing and you know, how many guys do you kind of have that you're, that you're following and, and, and keeping up with and just seeing if something might fall out, if they get, if they get dropped by another school uh, and, and could kind of come y'all's way. Yeah. That's, that's what we're working on right now is, you know, me and I have a recruiting intern as well. We're going to go through and see, okay, this all our guys on our list. Who's still left. Okay. Who's committed to other schools but didn't sign? Okay, if you didn't sign in December and you're committed, that means you're not really committed or the school is not going to sign you. So 
we'll see what's kind of out there after December once the signing period ends. Um, for us specifically, I know we're still looking for a high school DB. We got a short list of guys. We're, we're looking for that. See if anybody else comes out after the December signing day that's available. So we want to sign one of those in February for sure. Um, you know, we got a couple of the guys you know up our sleeve that we may be able to pull out either by the end of the signing period or um, in February. But very limited spots. Two to three tops is what I'd imagine, kind of based on where we're at roster-wise. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, this is also going to present kind of a, a unique situation for the FCS schools this spring is after signing day, FCS spring season is going to start. And so the FCS schools are going to get that first chance to make a first impression on the 22 class. How much do you think that can help being able to get out in front of these guys and say, hey, look, we got a game coming up. We got McNeese this week. You know, a chance to actually watch football, not just a spring practice or a spring game, an orange-white game, where you're going to get that first chance to have them watch you guys in action. Yeah, I think there were a couple of things this year that kind of lead into that is you look at the XFL success as far as TV ratings and exposure this past spring before they had to shut down. That shows that there's an appetite for you know, spring call, for spring football, and I think spring college football will be the same thing. Uh, you look at the beginning of the fall this year, you had teams in the Sun Belt, you had teams in – you know, comments who say they're playing games on national TV because, you know, there weren't any other games put on, so they put them on. So uh, be able to get some exposure, be able to be the football product for people to see in the spring will be beneficial, just kind of get more eyes on the product. Uh, with the dead period being through April 15th right now, you know, we're all going to be in the same boat, but at least we can, you know, get ourselves out there and be differentiated a little bit. Because I think, you know, in a normal fall, you get lost and shuffle a lot for all these kids. You know, you're kind of off the radar for them. Just being able to, you know, post-game highlights, being able to, guys will be able to tune in the games in the spring, that'll help us out. I'd say that the content that you can put out is going to be completely different than what the FBS schools can do right now. Once they're once their season's done, they're stuck with everything that that they've already done from December on back. Whereas you guys are going to have brand new content moving forward for you know six, seven, eight weeks. Correct, and that's something that we had to kind of battle the opposite side in this fall. Was you know you're you're battling against kids with offers from schools that may be playing in the fall and. You got to find a way to, you know, keep your your them yourself in the front of their mind. So that's something we had to battle, and I think we did a great job overcoming it. Now we're gonna have the advantage on our side come the spring. All right. So what's what's next for you? What what maybe now that you've had a year, you've gone through your first full class. What do you sit back and evaluate and do and say, okay, now this is something we can try. This is something we can do. This is an area where maybe we need to make some changes. Yeah, I think the the best thing you can do in any profession is always self evaluate. Always go back and look and see, okay. Be honest with yourself. What did I do well? What did I not do well? Where can I have room for improvement? So um, one of the things I have as a tab open my, on my Chrome is you know, I have a map of all of our commits, and I can see where they're on the state of Texas. This year we did a great job in Houston. That's our backyard. We're always going to dominate Houston. Uh, we did a great job in Central Texas here especially. We got a lot of kids in the Central Texas area. Um, I think we kind of took advantage of some other schools that may not have been you know, doing their due diligence may not have been doing their due diligence in that area. Uh, we also did a good job in, in Dallas. I would say that – I would like to do a better job in East Texas. I want to make sure we're not missing out on those small-town East Texas kids that have got talent. You know, this major shaking out this year that we didn't have guys that kind of fit our needs, but I want to make sure we're doing a, a true evaluation and getting the guys we need to because that's you know, that's also in our backyard. That's a place we need to go have success in. All right. Well, Clayton Barnes, appreciate you coming by and uh, kind of giving us a little insight into uh, the recruiting process and really how things are changing for Bearcat football. Let's catch up again. Let's do this again maybe uh, you know, mid-spring after that signing class, once we're in the football season, and kind of see where things are at that point. All right, sounds good. Appreciate you having me on. All right, thanks a lot. Well, that's going to do it for this show. want to thank Clayton Barnes for joining me here in studio, as well as Casey Keeler for coming by and talking about this signing class. 
A lot of hard work went into putting this together in a very unique time and want to thank them for joining us and kind of explaining to us what went into bringing these 18 young men into the program. If you like what you're hearing from us this year, be sure and rate and review the show. If you're not subscribing to Chasing the Cup, you can do so on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Chasing the Cup is recorded in the Bearcat Sports Network studios in the new Wood Forest Athletic Center. This week's episode was written and produced by Jason Barfield. Broadcast calls are courtesy ESPN. The songs Hot Shot and Clear Progress are courtesy ScottHolmesMusic.com. This has been a presentation of the Bearcat Sports Network.